Hello, hello. Daily football report number 21. NFL coaches flying off the shelves. And the Denver Broncos get Sean Payton. For how are you doing today? Brother, I'm feeling like Tyler Hutley right now, man. I just made a pro bowl. You know what I mean? Let's go. Does that have anything to do with him making it to the pro bowl today? Man, I'm blown away. I cannot believe that he made a pro bowl. I, I don't even understand how the votes allowed that to happen. I, I can't understand. Is it a fan vote? Uh, from what I'm seeing, the own, their own fan base doesn't even want him in, man. It makes some sense of this. I wish I could. Ultimately, it just comes down to last year we saw Mac Jones in the Pro Bowl, and then this year we're seeing Huntley. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, honestly, it might as well just be known as the Joe Bowl, right? There used to be a TV show when we grew up. It was Pros versus Joes. And that's really what this reminds me of. I absolutely love it. I used to watch that show religiously, man. So, absolutely. I, I guess I where I'm confused is it's like – did they just need a quarterback from the Ravens? or Because there's a lot of options in the AFC that were much more deserving. I mean, pretty much everyone else in the AFC was more deserving. I just – I do not understand where he got in. Yes, yeah, so this reminds me of some WWE gimmick where they, they're trying to tell me that that is Lamar Jackson or that is, you know, the Ravens quarterback, right? I mean, Hundley had a couple of good games, but Pro Bowl, I mean – I think we're almost taking away the actual respect associated with being the, being a pro bowler, right? I get what you're saying there. I just – look, two touchdowns on the year, three interceptions. In no world did he make a pro bowl. He didn't make a decent bowl. He didn't make an average bowl. In fact, he made a pretty bad bowl. Like I just don't get it. I'm sitting here trying to figure this out. I'm start, I'm trying to figure out if they were just short on AFC quarterbacks and other second stringers didn't want to do it because there's absolutely no way that I, I'm I'm tripping right now. I'm just blown out of my mind. I cannot believe uh, here this weekend I'm going to be going to the Pro Bowl games and I'm going to run into Tyler Huntley and it won't be on in the stands. I'm blown away. Yeah, in all seriousness, it seems like the Pro Bowl's gone toilet bowl ever since this uh, this edition. I mean, seeing this happen, I, I'm really glad there's really no game taking place. You know, it's the Pro Bowl games. It's more just a little bit of a, a fun little festival with some talent, skill competitions and whatnot. Because that's this is an insult to all Pro Bowl rosters before it. I know it's always gotten, you know, slack, always been made fun of. But come on. There's no way that this guy was deserving. I think this is obviously the worst Pro Bowl pick of all time. Um, I still got to look into how they did this because there's no logical way. It had to have been a fan vote, right? I'm not sure, right? I mean, I'm over here still astounded that the Denver Broncos were able to nab the best head coach available, Sean Payton. How about that for Yes, and it only cost them yet another haul of draft picks. My goodness, is that uh, is that team just throwing away picks left and right every single year, man? Yeah, but I mean, draft picks are lottery tickets, right? So you really don't know where they're going to go or how it's going to go down. But what you do know is with Sean Payton, you're getting a Super Bowl winning coach. You're tying him to a Super Bowl winning quarterback in Russell Wilson. Man, let's run the clock back. I got to ask, did you hear 
that Sean Payton was not Denver's first choice and that they actually made a last-ditch attempt this today to get another coach? I did not know that. All right, let me break some news for you here. So, yes, the Saints in Denver are finalized, have finalized their and it should be announced any minute. We already know the compensation, a first and then a, a second following. Uh, but here's where it gets weird. The Broncos spent today trying to hire D'Amico Ryans again. He re- recommitted to the Texans. When he agreed to terms with the Texans on that six-year contract, they moved and finalized Sean Payton. I'm blown away, man. I, I don't understand it. Well, yeah, I... I can't believe that that's what the route they went, but Denver, I mean, you've already got your defense established, right? You really need to address your offense. I mean, explain it to me, though, because at the end of the day, you had a Super Bowl winning coach in Sean Payton, and you're the Denver Broncos. That's the sure thing. He's going to come to town. He's going to fix Russell Wilson. It's exactly what we talked about on the pod, you know, weeks ago. And we're sitting here. And you have them, and you have the demand, and you're willing to do it. But you're doubting yourself for D'Amico Ryan's an unproven defensive coordinator? Are you kidding me, Denver? Is this not the same thing that you've done every single year? Yeah, but you know what, man? Coach Sean Payton is an A-plus coach. All right, again, from the school of Bill Parcells. I'm really excited. I think Russell Wilson's going to like this. I'm sure Sean Payton was flattered when Russell reached out to him. I don't know if this was inherently his top choice, but here he is, right? Yeah, and it's the right move for Denver. I just can't believe they almost fumbled it yet again with another awful defensive coach hire. I just, I'm glad. They made a good decision. Hopefully he's able to work with Russell and fix what has gone wrong over there. And with the amount they're giving up, obviously, this is a multi-year commitment from them. Uh, no one-year hackets here. I'm very excited to see how Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are able to reshift that offense and ultimately that entire culture over there in Denver. Agreed. Yeah, this will be good. This will be very good, man. I mean, I just I feel like we're right here and the Super Bowl is near. But it seems like this offseason has really gone off with some fireworks, right? It definitely has. There's been a lot of these, you know, coaching swerves. When you you talk about the Harbaugh coming out of Michigan to come back to the league, only for him to once again stay in Michigan, to, you know, Sean Payton's trade rumors that eventually did come through, and now Sean Payton will be the coach of the Denver Broncos. We've had a lot of great offseason, you know, moments. I mean, it's been a very eventful offseason, and we're not even to the Super Bowl yet. We're not even in the offseason. It's crazy. That's just the way it goes, man. NFL football 365, right? We're here to break it down for you every single day. And anytime there's any news or rumors, we're going to be here to talk about it. Now, Goggin, another piece of news broke today. Are you you ready to lock up a quarterback off the uh, the block here? Yes, hit me, man. What, What do we got? Well, the quarterback that didn't make the Pro Bowl for the Ravens this year, Lamar Jackson will be uh, being exclusively franchise tagged, which prevents him, which prevents teams from signing him and will also keep him stuck in Baltimore one more year. Do you like that they did this, or do you think that this is just them clinging on to somebody that doesn't want to be there? I mean, we already saw him not want to come back 
or so it be or so it looked like. What's your take on this? Yeah, I'm not sure where where to really see this from, right? So do I see it from the player? Do I see it from the team? Or do I see it from the fan, right? Before the fan, by the fan. This really reminds me of when Washington did this to Kirk Cousins. But they did it to him consecutive years, right? So this, honestly, I mean, if you're Lamar, if you play it out, you're still risking it again. Ultimately, Lamar has the ability to do so. He sat out the end of this season. Do you sit out another season? I think that's an interesting take. I guess I would just continue on with that statement and say, well, I think the option there of him sitting out is definitely a real possibility. I'd argue more that this was the move by a Raven, by a Ravens organization that does in fact want to keep Lamar Jackson around. I think that they're going to use this uh, off season as a, you know, this extended off season now that he will not be a free agent as a chance to be able to try to reach him on that number to keep him in Baltimore. My only question and concern is is that relationship already severed? Is there is there a want from Lamar Jackson to come back because he's already given you opportunity and after opportunity after opportunity to meet him while he was still on your team and committed, and now he's shown that maybe I don't want to be in Baltimore anymore. The signs are there. I just think, man, I don't know how much longer he wants to be there. If you're him, yeah, maybe I come back and play it out on a franchise tag. And then I head out of town and head to maybe a New York City. Ultimately, for we see this happen every few years with, I don't know, lots of teams, right? And ultimately, the dilemma here is the locker room, right? It's team chemistry. Half the locker room is for Lamar. Half the locker room feels deserted by Lamar, right? And so ultimately, it's, you know, all parties are at fault, right? Lamar is at fault in the eyes of his fans, and in the eyes of his teammates. But at the same time, I mean, the same people can look at the Baltimore Ravens front office and say the same thing, right? Ultimately, what this came down to was I felt like um, there were rumors that he was going to be the highest paid quarterback right up there, but he turned it down, right? So I'm not sure what contract he really, really wanted, but here we are, right? It's been two years it's been two years of this off-season drama, this regular season drama. Sign Lamar, will they not sign Lamar? I'm honestly over it. I think that this was a smart move for the organization because they're, they don't want to be left with nothing. I think they're going to look to work to rework this deal to get him signed long-term. I could see somewhere four to maybe six years is what they're probably aiming for. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, then you, you do have that risk of a running quarterback, right? Sign him to a long-term deal hasn't always worked out best right yeah agreed but i mean it's interesting right because we've seen joe burrow come back from a terrible leg injury and he's been just fine however burrow's game is very different yeah i mean i don't know i mean ultimately here's the thing right if we look at this pure fact the fact of the matter is baltimore needs lamar more than lamar needs baltimore right there's only a handful of electrifying quarterbacks that we've ever seen, let alone in the league right now. The fact that the Ravens have not gotten this done is honestly a travesty because they may have cost themselves and their fans a Super Bowl this recent year, right? They certainly had a chance to win the Super Bowl this year. You know, obviously it was very tough with how their season ended. 
And that division is extremely tough as well. Let's let's not forget that. I don't think the Ravens want to become that seller team yet. If they lose Lamar Jackson, they are definitely the seller team um, in their division. So, you know, I think this was a smart move overall. You know, if you're if you are a fan of the Ravens, you're doing what you can to keep him there just yet another year. Hopefully uh, they're able to work something out for both parties or maybe Lamar's willing to you know fight for what he wants I don't know what that is if it is to be a Raven awesome looks like he's going to be there another year yeah I think my big takeaway from this is ultimately what they did was they put a band-aid on the situation right the ship is still leaking water and we got to figure this out right so we either get off the ship or we fix the ship and I don't think they ultimately did that and quite honestly man we got to talk about this every year Every team is different, right? So the Baltimore Ravens team that was good this year, well, another year goes by. And all your players are another year older, right? And quite honestly, Baltimore really outperformed their expectations, right? The last several games, they still won and they still made the playoffs. And quite honestly, they put Cincinnati to the brink, right? So they, all, they had that game. They outplayed them. Cincinnati had a miraculous, highly improbable 99-yard fumble recovery return rate. But, I mean, Huntley had that game one, so maybe that's why he's in the Pro Bowl. I mean, I understand exactly where you're coming with that take. Um, you know, and I actually was kind of thinking, if you are the NFL landscape here, you're, the, you're all the other NFL teams – are you bummed out that Lamar wasn't able to hit free agency this year if you needed a quarterback? I mean, the short answer is yes. But then, you know, you're going to have to pay this man. And it's interesting the Ravens are not wanting to pay him. You know, I just find that really, really interesting. They're a smart organization. Um, you know, is it the running factor? You know, we just saw Kyler Murray even get paid. Like, what's the deal here, right? So, so I guess my question is, if you are, you know, if you're Lamar Jackson – where would you have ended up that's going to offer you more money than what Baltimore was willing to offer you? Is it a desperate organization that doesn't know how to win? Is it, is it like the New York Jets? Or, or could you have seen him ending up somewhere that would have put him in an overall better situation? Yeah, and one thing that I feel, I feel like we should mention for the listeners, this is kind of a well-known rumor and innuendo around the league, right? But Lamar's own quarterbacks coach at Baltimore has been said to – essentially hint at Lamar's work ethic and his inability to get in the film room, right? Whereas I don't know how much to believe that because I would say up until this year and up until him feeling disrespected by the team, he was the hardest working quarterback, right? I mean, we forget he won the MVP just two years back, right? So what's your take on that? Yeah, that would blow my mind hearing that because he's shown me nothing but improvement every year. I was not a Lamar Jackson fan coming out of college. That's no secret. I thought he was going to be one of the biggest draft busts when they took him. And honestly, couldn't throw a football his first year. The improvement from just year one to year two to year three, it's been incredible to watch. I'm now, honestly, Lamar Jackson's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league now. I had him ranked second on our quarterback rankings uh, hierarchy slash list that we made and you know it's one of those things man that i'm just a big lamar jackson guy and the the improvement is honestly my favorite thing about him he is constantly improving and involving evolving his game yeah yeah i'm not sure what else we can really discuss on this right uh, ultimately it comes down to 
He's unsigned, but he's temporarily signed <laughs> with the franchise tag. He's wanted, but temporarily wanted. It's weird all around. I, I will say this. There's also a weird little thing with this exclusive franchise tag that doesn't allow teams to come, to come grab him. But what it does allow for the Ravens to do is not allow him to just walk out the door without any compensation, right? So they could work to potentially get him off their books and trade him on the franchise tag, I believe, with the exclusive franchise tag term. So there would be options there. Maybe they deal him for some picks, and then that team is then able to rework a deal. I think there's some options there that aren't being talked about yet. Yeah, and ultimately, I'm I'm shocked that this rule is still in fact, because I do think at some point, maybe it's this next bargaining agreement. I don't know why players allow the franchise tag, right? And I think it has to do with a deeper issue in the NFL, is a lot of these contracts are not guaranteed, right? There's a lot of incentives. There's a lot of factors that go into these contracts, right? And it's it's interesting because hockey contracts are guaranteed, NBA contracts are guaranteed, baseball contracts are guaranteed, but the NFL still doesn't have that. You know, it's funny that it's called a franchise tag because if you were as player, we want to sign you for long term. And for, it should honestly be called the desperation tag because it's used by organizations when they want to have you for one more year, but they don't want to pay you over a set number of years like you're worth. So I completely agree with you. I wish that this the franchise tag would be eliminated or at least be able to be taken to maybe arbitration if that may be similar to baseball where you meet with somebody and then they're able to decide on what your worth truly is so then they have to meet that number because it's just that it, teams are abusing the franchise tag at this point and i honestly don't expect it to be around much longer yeah i mean it's already slated against the player to begin with right so we got to see what we can do here but hey who knows maybe we put it out there and maybe someone looks into this right Hey, man, come on. Remember all the times in Madden when you're playing Madden and you can't agree to that long-term contract with that player that you want? They reject your final offer. They're about to head to free agency. And so you go, you know what? Franchise tag. You slap it on them, man. That's exactly what happens with this tag. That's the only time it's ever used. The only person I've ever seen that's probably happy about being franchise tagged might have been, been Kirk Cousins. But other than that, I don't know if it's ever been used positively in the league. So... I am, you know, I'm a massive fan of getting the franchise tag out of the league. I'm glad to hear you're on the similar take, man. Got to get it out. We don't agree much, but I guess a couple of times, a couple of things we do, right? Yeah, man. Ultimately, I think that was it. I think we spent enough time on Lamar and the Bravens, right? But what's up? What else would you like to talk about today for? You know, man, I think really the only thing, I know we're doing our Super Bowl coverage, so I feel like it would be just wrong to not mention the two teams that have you know that are going to be playing here in uh, just under two weeks but let me go ahead and uh so the line has moved a little bit last we were last we looked the eagles were minus two they're now minus one and a half small line movement here but i thought it was willing to note that the line is moving and trending towards being a pickup on this game do you have any thoughts on that man I do. I think it goes to show that a lot of these Kansas City betters are starting to come out and they're pricing in Mahomes' knee, right? So I think maybe they feel like he's not as hurt as maybe the Chiefs and the media wants to put out. So if you believe that, then you would take the value there, right? I agree. That's exactly how I took it as well. Uh, The other thing I would say is, look, 
I think there was an overreaction to the Chiefs being a favorite. And if you like Philly, it makes sense. That's why that line swung from the Eagles being as, uh, you know, a plus two to a, you know, a minus two in a sense, right? But I will also say this, the knee, the Mahomes' knee, you know, 13 days, 13 days is a lot of time for healing. It may not be, you know, 13 days for us, but for a professional athlete, 13 days with that, with those training staffs and those medical rooms, that's a lot. And I think he's going to look closer to 100% than he is going to look like we saw this past uh, past Sunday. Well said. I, I agree. I think there's a lot there. Just off the top of your head, right? So this is something we'll cover on as we get closer and closer. But hey, these are the 14 days of Super Bowl coverage, right? We're on day two or day 13, however you choose to count. I got to ask you. Give me one X factor for the Philadelphia Eagles and give me one X factor from the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Well, my X factor for the Eagles is going to be somebody that isn't even on the field. And my X factor is going to be Nick Sirianni. I need to know against a quality coach and a quality team, can Nick Sirianni get it done? I'm not certain of that. I want to see him prove me wrong. I want to see him get it done. I just got to see it on the field. In terms of the Chiefs, I... I have to go with Patrick Mahomes, right? That front seven of the Eagles is nasty, and they're going to be coming at Mahomes all day. And I'm going to need his mobility around for us to have a shot on the Chiefs' betting side. So that's my take, man. Those are, that's my X factor. Patrick Mahomes and his knee, definitely, uh, definitely for me. What about you, man? What are your two X factors, one for each team? Right. Well, before I dive into those, I'm just interpreting for the fans. You just said the Chiefs' X factor is the trainer for the Kansas City Chiefs. Pretty much, pretty much. I'm more, I want to start, you know, doing some research on this trainer, man. I want to know where he went to school. I want to know how long he's been an NFL trainer. I want to know players he previously worked with. I mean, that's really what I'm worried about now. (laughs) Well, uh, we got his name. His name is Rick Burkholder. And he's actually on LinkedIn as well, man. So maybe we can reach out to him. <laughs> I, I will be that. reaching out after this podcast to uh, to reach out and just ask him how good he is on knees, man. I want to get, I want to know. Yeah, let him know. Just say, hey, sir. Um, you know, I, I know you're the head athletic trainer, but really, how good are you at diagnosing knees? And I've got a spread to pick. I need to win this spread. And I got to apologize. I, I'm saying knees. It's high ankle sprain. And it, but let's be honest, high ankle, low. You know, it, it's the lower knee. It's the lower knee. So I'm saying it, and I know it's a high ankle injury, but it affects his his movement from the knee down, and that's why I'm concerned. I'm going to need him to be able to pivot when those D linemen are coming at him, right? And I need that movement. I need him to be able to have that ability to escape the pocket because if not, he is going to get stuck inside that pocket and it's going to look a lot like the 49ers this past weekend hey that's a great point great take my first x factor i'm gonna go right in i've mentioned him a couple of times on the podcast already and when he gets the ball he's lightning lightning in a bottle i've got pacheco running back for the kansas city chiefs it's late seventh round draft steal you know he had a couple of runs he had a good run here, a good run there. You get him, you get the ball to him in space. I mean, he gets going, right? And quite honestly, like that's really what it comes down to. The for Philadelphia, I'll go Dallas Goddard, and I gotta go with Goddard just because I think AJ Brown's gonna get a lot of attention. 
and Smith will also get lots of attention. So Dallas Goddard, I think the ultimate X factor. You know, man, I have to say, your Pacheco X factoring, I think it's been three weeks ago now, so I think we need to rename our X Factor Award or our X Factors of the Week to the Who's Your Pachecos of the Week? I just got to throw that out there. <laughs> I, I just say it. The Pacheco Factor? At what point is he no longer an X Factor? Do you just love Pacheco, man? Look, honestly, I'm a big fan of checklists. I might have to rename it to the Pachecklist. All right. This guy is a monster, and watch out for him in the big game. Now, Goggin, I feel like you're about to ask me, would I want to have a beer with Pacheco? All right. I know a lot of our listeners are going to get that. That's a good little inside reference to Goggin's quarterback. How you determine a franchise quarterback if you can have a beer with them. I feel like you're just down to have a beer with Pacheco no matter what, man. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, man, because all the uh... – it, it depends, right? So ultimately, I need the Philadelphia Eagles in the minus three, right? So may, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I might have to wait until next season to factor in Pacheco. It might be worth taking a look at those MVP odds, man, especially with the mobility of the mobility situation with Patrick Mahomes. It might not be a terrible take, man. Might need to look those up, see what you can get Pacheco at. But also uh, with Goddard, man, love the pick. The tight end position, definitely some X factor for that offense. And it's going to be interesting. You know, I think both tight ends on both teams, both could have very big days. So um, I love it, man. I think your X factor was great. Right, because I know there's a lot of stats junkies out there. 170 carries, 830 yards this season. Not bad. That's a really good yards for uh, yards per carry. Super efficient, super efficient, you know. Um, well, I got to ask you, man, have you have you changed in your take? I mean, we kind of gave our initial takes. We're not really revealing who we're rolling with and what our final score predictions are this early in Super Bowl countdown of two weeks. But I, w- I want to get your take, man. Are you still feeling very confident with leaning the Eagles right now? Of course, of course, right? So, I mean, here on the pod, we only bet against the spread. Um so we'll see. I know that there's going to be more line movement here and there. But yes, I feel great about Philadelphia. Really, my area of worry is what you mentioned before. Coach Nick Sirianni versus a wily veteran such as Andy Reid. Andy Reid going up against his former team as well. You know that he's going to have his team fired up. I'm a little worried there. I think there's some extra motivation here for Coach Andy Reid and his team. You know, it's funny you bring that up. Andy Reid with a win in the Super Bowl, he's going to set the, if I'm not mistaken, he's going to set or tie the all-time Chiefs head coach win record. I have to look that up. I did see that stat. I know he already has it with uh, with the Eagles, but it was something there that just came out, and I think that that was what it was. So, man, Andy Reid can make history in this game. I mean, he's going to make history no matter what. He's playing his former team. His stock, man, has anyone's stock gone up more than Andy Reid's in the last five years? I can't think of a head coach that has transcended as well as Andy Reid. He needed the Super Bowl and he got it, right? Yeah, I completely agree. Look, he got the first one. I do think there's a real opportunity, obviously. There's, there's two teams left. He could steal a second one here. And let's be honest, I mean, two Super Bowls and, you know, the appearances that he's had, the success he had with that Philadelphia Eagles run, I mean, what he's done in Kansas City. I'm not a big Andy Reid guy. That's no secret. I brought that up before on the pod. But, man, he's really, really making me have to think here about his all-time great level. He might be cracking into that top three coach of all-time spot for me. 
Yes, I would say that the best analogy I can give the fans, Andy Reid going to the Super Bowl against his former team. You know, look, I know our high school reunion's coming up, or it just passed, actually. However, this reminds me of going, Andy Reid, he's going to his high school reunion, and he's got Patrick Mahomes, and he's got a Super Bowl ring, and he wants another, all right? And he wants to show the Philadelphia Eagles, who are his original high school crush, what they missed out on. Doesn't it have that feeling? I absolutely love the analogy. That is completely spot on, man. He's showing off his new girl and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> um, I, I completely agree. I mean, he's leveled up. I mean, that's you know, that's what you would say. He's leveled up. He's really brought his NFL legacy from man. Andy Reid is a really good coach who he just can't get it done and kind of mismanages the clock a little bit too much. To man, Andy Reid, first ballot Hall of Famer. The guy's an absolute winner. He's totally completely changed two franchises. I just it's it's mind blowing, man, and I'm very happy for him. He seems like a very good guy, and uh, you know I'm I'm starting to turn 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 the side on uh, on Andy Reid here. Let's not forget Andy Reid before he went all in on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, let's see, I think we got a listener coming in. Uh, let's add him. We got an Eagles fan. Absolutely. Yes. This is great. Sorry, you want to talk about Andy Reid? <laughs> Yes, sir. Oh, you want to talk about that big bum that Mr. Can't Get It Done. I don't care if there was cheating involved or not. Let me tell you about the two biggest bozos in Eagles history. Donovan McNabb, the choke artist who decided to say this season that when the Eagles went 4-0, they couldn't get there. They had a lot more to improve on. And then Andy, Mr. Andy, 12, 14-year span, 1990 to 2000. Who gives a shit? Because he's gone. Andy Reid is one Super Bowl win. Yes. One in his entire career. Doug Peterson came in after that bum Chip Kelly, and he reworked the team in 2016. Got us there. He got us there. In the span of Andy Reid, we got one lost NFC championship, one win NFC championship, and one Super Bowl appearance with all that star power, Terrell Owens, with a broken freaking leg, Brian Dawkins. Sure, he's got Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes is limping. He's hopping around, and we've all seen how Hassan Reddick hits. Brock Hart turned into soft pebbles. And and everyone can say, oh, the Eagles didn't play anyone. We played a lot of people. You remember Mr. Undefeated Cooper Rush? Neither do I. You remember the, the best defense statistically with some bum named Nick Bosa? Yeah, well, Nick Bosa said he's not going to be watching the Super Bowl. I would avert my eyes, too, if the Lane Johnson that threw you back like a sack of potatoes was going all the way and bringing in either a QB sneak or a run from beautiful people like Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, Devontae Smith, maybe even a little toss to A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard. Hell, we got so many weapons. I'm getting low on names, but let's talk about the true best defense. Hassan Reddick, who took out a quarterback, a rookie quarterback, and that's a bad thing, sure. But this is Philadelphia. We're known for something called a body bag game. 
We took out four or five quarterbacks in one game. So you think two is a problem for us? So I slapped on him like Jalen Hurts in Chicago. And I got to say to all those 49ers fans saying we didn't play a healthy quarterback, Dallas didn't hit you that hard, did he? But, hey, the Eagles are going to give – actually, Andy Reid's going to give us the one thing he should have many years ago, a Super Bowl win. <laughs> very, very well said. That was beautiful. I I just sat and absorbed that, man. I'm the only guy defending the Eagles on this pod, all right? And whoa, I don't know if you've whoa, seen whoa. this on TikTok I... or YouTube, but I'm the only Eagles guy here, and I've actually been picking the Eagles, and we got it, man. I'm right there with you. Eagles with the spread, easy money. Look, 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 I got to just jump in real quick. That is officially my favorite segment on this podcast ever. That was – I thought I I thought I turned the dial over to Philadelphia Radio and I was getting some local takes right there. That was absolutely phenomenal. He's not wrong either. I want to say this. Me and Goggin have had a very strong opinion on Andy Reid being one of the most overrated head coaches, talking about how we should have had rings in Philadelphia – that is a fantastic take, and he's not wrong. We were talking about his stock being risen with that win with the Chiefs, but I'll be I'll be honest with you, man. You just swayed me right back down. I completely am right back with you, man. You know, I just I you just sold me on it. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. That was a fantastic take, man. And I'm glad that your team's in the bowl, man. It sounds like you're you're gonna be amped up for about another 13 days. Yeah, can we? I'll be waiting. I got oh, my jersey yeah. ready. I got my I got my rituals. I got my yingling. I got everything else. I'm ready because the Delaware Valley turns it up like no other team in the world. Eagles fans can say we're hated, but among each other, there's nothing but love. When the Phillies made it to the World Series after 11, 10, however many years, it's been so long I forgot, but I'll never forget. The joy on my face running through those streets to my grandfather's house, picking that old man up and hugging him because we're back. And this year shows it. The soccer team, which gets no love as a soccer player, should get a little more. But too bad it's right in the stinky Chester. Should get more love. And they made it all the way to a shootout. They took the team to a shootout. You know how long you have to do that for? That's the whole damn game. And the Phillies, they lost it. They lost the speed. But that's fatigue kicking in. It's been a while. They fought their asses off, and they made it there. And this year, we're not even done. We still got the Super Bowl. We still got, for somehow, the Flyers. They picked it up. They fell on their ass. They're the only team that's tripping and stumbling right now. And they somehow stumbled their way through that door. And the Sixers, oh baby, the Sixers, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, those three men, they don't listen, those three men, they're going to do what AI couldn't have done. And God willing, we get there too. But it's going to be there. This is the year of Philly. And whether people like it or not, whatever color it may be, green, blue, red, white, orange, black, it's coming. Get goddamn ready. All right. This guy's my official favorite guy that's ever been on this pod, guy. And I don't know what you're feeling, man, but I'm, I'm about ready to run through the door for Philadelphia. The only thing I'm thinking is uh, the power within, man. Can we get you to record our intro? <laughs> of course, I have a voice actor. I love recording. 
I'll get That's it done, cool. whatever you need. All right, sir. Yeah, man, I'll send you a direct message here later today and or tomorrow. We'll get this organized, man. I'd love that. Yeah. I was a radio host like four years and one year in college before I dropped out of college last year. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. Dude, I'm so excited for your city, man. I'm so excited for you, man. It sounds like, you know. We actually uh, were massive Doug Peterson fans, so it's glad we're glad you brought that up. Most underrated coach in football. We're uh, we're actually from his hometown, so a lot of love for Doug Peterson. He went to our high school, man. So nothing but love for Doug Peterson on this podcast. We'll never say a bad word about the man. He's a great man, and I love the I love what the Jags have been able to do. They did a good turnaround. Hey, maybe they might pull an upset out if everyone in the AFC shows their true colors which is being honest ain't too good looking at that game all those penalties all those late hits everything it was not a beautiful game and if Patrick Mahomes didn't get hit at the end we might have been playing Joe Cool but that's not what happened and we get to play Patty Mahomes and I gotta say yeah sure they may have gone up against some good defenses but they haven't gone up against Eagles defense there was a coach many years ago named Buddy Ryan. I bet he's smiling up from the big top saying, look at them boys go. At Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, Reed Blankenship, who is my boy. My boy. Forced that fumble at the end of the game that really sealed the deal. If I'm being honest with you, that boy should get more credit than he needs. He is a rookie in his first starting game. What did he do? Intercept Aaron Rodgers. That's hard to do. Not many people have done that. And do I think he's going to be the next Brian Dawkins? No, you never can get a new Brian Dawkins. You can get the Battleship Blankenship, the mayonnaise missile, the ghost. He's going to be there. And I got to say, this this defense, this offense, Jalen Hurts is getting a bye week, which means he's going to be more dangerous than Hassan Reddick. Last game, it's going to be spectacular. And I'm worried about Travis Kelsey. Sure, that man can get anywhere, but we got Dallas Goddard. And he's pretty goddamn good, too. And that's the only time that Dallas has been mentioned in 28 years with the Super Bowl. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to clip some of your segments here. And we're going to put it on our YouTube. for perfectly fine. Yeah, you're <laughs> going to love it, man. I'm going to say, like, you know, a proud Philadelphia Eagles fan chiming in and giving us some love man you know this is a west coast based podcast so it's it's great to hear the east coast love and the east coast uh, energy man we miss that out here i'm sure listen i'm sure i'm sure it was a sad thing that the 49ers fans those low class people i hate to say it but it's true those bums they got they got what they deserve for putting their jersey on the rocky statue that is a dangerous game to play you do not do that unless you are damn sure you're gonna win and every team that's done that bad things happen 38 to 7 38 to 7 31 to 7 I think we should have let Kenny Gainwell just run it in one last time to put the nail in the coffin. But then again, Trent Williams and those other guys might have started throwing hands if they saw one more touchdown. Because let's be honest, they couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle a real team. They beat Dak and the Neverland boys. But that's about it. That's about it, really. The 49ers rookie quarterback Cinderella story. Hey, clock struck midnight, kid. The pumpkin's gone. 
oh, that's beautiful, man. This is great. I got I to gotta ask you this, all right? It's not too often we get a Philadelphia Eagles fan, uh, let alone some great East Coast fans either, right? But I got to ask you, what is one superstition for your Eagles that you're willing to share? Uh, one superstition aside from don't touch the Rocky statue. A great one is the uh, the Willie Penn thing, which I don't know if many people know about this, but at City Hall, there's a, a statue of great William Penn. It's about, I believe, 90 feet up in the air or something, something like that. Very high. A superstition in the uh, back in the day was if you built a building, you cannot make it taller than Willie Penn. Someone did that. And the Philadelphia teams, they went on a, a losing streak, right? And so when a new building was being built that was taller than Willie Penn, a construction worker, uh, an iron worker in, the, in, this, in one of the buildings decided to weld in a tiny statue of William Penn. Ever since then, I think the Eagle, the Phillies won like the next year. That was 2008, made it to the World Series again, you know, lost the Yankees, you know, Eagles 2017. It's, hey, Willie Penn statue, honor Willie Penn. Don't mess with big Willie Penn because he will take you down. Another one I believe is don't ever say the quarterback is like a Donovan McNabb because Donovan McNabb choked. Jalen Hurts doesn't choke. He had a bad game. Yeah, sure. Maybe he knew. Like, if I pass this ball, what's the point? But don't ever say a quarterback is like Donovan McNabb. That's that's the sec- that's the one. And uh, don't clean the jersey. If you win in that jersey, if you win in that jersey, you don't clean it. You spray it with Febreze. You put it up on the shelf, and you wait till next game. My jerseys don't stink. They smell like beer, smell like yingling, because I'll be honest, we were winning. I stone cold Steve Austin myself. Had to. Had to do it. Had to be done. <laughs> and uh, I, I actually did switch jerseys because on Christmas I got a Jason Kelsey jersey because I love that O-line. That O-line can throw back the best of them. And uh, we lost to Dallas, and uh, we lost to the Saints. But I wore that jersey. I stuck through it. I didn't clean it. Came back, beat the Giants next week, <laughs> obliterated the Giants. Still wearing that Kelsey jersey. It's still up. It's still ready to go. I used to wear my dad's old Dawkins jersey, the old Reebok ones with all the holes in them. I love those things. I still love that. We got one, one, we got one for wearing, one that's on the wall with Brian Dawkins' signature on it. Doesn't even say Brian Dawkins. I think it says Weapon X. It's a nice signature. And it's forever memorialized downstairs. Look, man, uh, first off, I absolutely love the Jersey superstition. I'm the exact same way. Shoot, you can't watch it after a big win. And the other thing I wanted to say, man, is that is that the official? We're rocking the Kelsey jersey for the Super Bowl, man? Kelsey jersey for the Super Bowl. Can't change it now. I'll wear the Dawkins jersey a day before. I'll wear the Kelsey jersey the day of. I absolutely love it, man. I love it. God, you got any, uh, you got any questions for him, man? Oh, man, you know me, man. The, the questions keep coming. I just got to hold them, right? Yes, I do have another one, all right? Okay, again, you please educate us out here on the West Coast, all right? What is it about Philadelphia fans, right? Because there is a significant home field advantage. You guys do have one of the best fan bases. And, again, they're disliked because people do feel insecure, right? Forrest, 
my co-host, he's a big Buccaneer fan, but they have a home field disadvantage. 1,000%. Right. And my Carolina Panthers, also a poor home field advantage or lack thereof. What is it? Is it just – is it in the Philadelphia water? What is it? I think it's our fate, honestly. The only thing I can compare it to, I, I guess, for you guys out there, is you know how the Seahawks literally caused an earthquake with Marshawn Lynch? And we have that, like, all the time. But the thing is, these fans have been starving. If you're an Eagles fan, there's a chance that your father was an Eagles fan, his father was an Eagles fan, his father was an Eagles fan, and the people that came here fresh off the boats watched the Eagles' first formation. I'm like that. My great-great-grandfather saw their first championship game. In the, in, the, in the 60s, one of my grandfathers saw it live. Right there. Then in the 80s, my grandfather, my mother was born. And, they, you know, it goes on. It's a legacy. And these fans are told about the great players from back then. And they get to stay. They had to sit there and watch the drought and bad players and everything else. Poor decisions, bad coaching as great players went to waste. And through that, these fans that got the one Super Bowl in 2018, they went nuts. They went crazy. They, they exploded. It's like when the Phillies won the World Series in 08. I was a kid, but I knew that the Phillies were doing something big, and I was there jumping. I was at the parade throwing myself back and forth. That Eagles parade, I was in high school, all right? And I was going around cracking beers with seniors because I ran into them, flashing Bud Lights and hanging out with people for my soccer team, the, the upperclassmen. I was on one of their shoulders, and I was throwing beers to Jason Kelsey and the rest of the guys on the bus to Chris Long. Listen, when you live in a city that didn't have it, they didn't have the Tom Landry's, they didn't have the many Lombardies. You're so hungry for it that when it happens, you explode. When you see your team make it, when everyone said you can't because so-and-so is this, Jalen Hurts can't throw deep balls, Devontae Smith doesn't have it, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, they're too old, Lane Johnson, oh, he, who's he? Uh, uh, Lane Johnson, I want to remind everyone, has a career touchdown. Do you know why? Because the Eagles can do goddamn anything. At this point, it's just up to us where we set our bar. Jalen Hurts has exceeded every expectation thrown on him in the offseason. And I, I can't believe it. I really can't. To turn it around like that. We won a Super Bowl. I want to say this. We won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, who everyone said lost his touch after 2013. May I remind you who he played for in 2013, who he was drafted for, and the city he came back and impressed. There ain't nothing this team can't do when everything is put right. Nick Sirianni could do it. Andy Reid might might be able to pull it out, but this ain't a cheeseburger. This is a Lombardi trophy. And so far, the score is one and one. One of us looking to make two. That is such a good take, man. You know, I just wanted to chime in real quick because you were mentioning the 
Nick Foles almost, you know, look, I remember that year very vividly. That was, if I'm not mistaken, that was the Chip Kelly year with Nick Foles. I believe at one point Nick Foles was like 17 touchdowns and one pick or something insane like that. Balling out for you guys. You guys make that trade for Bradford pretty much player for player. Oh, man, it was it's very crazy in sports to have a moment like that where he's able to then come back. He's the backup. He gets into the line of duty. And I mean, you know, there's a there's a damn statue of it now, right? Like it's it's an insane moment. So shoot, it, it's incredible, man. Goggin, you got any takes? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I gotta say, I'm a kid, you know, when I was a kid, I remember the Eagles always losing in NFC title games, right? So that was it. Like, I do remember that. I remember the Eagles were my team in the video games, right? You had McNabb. You had Brian Westbrook. And quite honestly, man, that defense with Javon Kirst as well growing up, I, I loved it, man. I, I got to say, the Eagles have always been kind of a, a sweet spot and a, a soft spot for me. I, I don't know. I'm rooting for them. I, I got it. I think I'm being a little uh, – there's something about Philadelphia, right, where you guys, you guys don't get the national love that New York gets – or the notoriety that Boston gets, right? So Philadelphia, they're just tougher. After a hard listen, I was heartbroken last year when we lost to the Bucks. I'll be honest, I thought we could do it, but we didn't run the ball. And then Nick Sirianni somewhere said, I need more weapons, Howie. Give me some stuff. We're getting rid of this Jalen Rager bum to the Vikings. Who needs him? And look where it got them. Look where it got Case Keenum part two or whoever their quarterback is. Listen, when you put it down on paper, who the Eagles had, and you look and you say, wow, how the hell did you get A.J. Brown from the Titans? We can. Because Howie Roseman could tell you, you could go, no, you go up to Howie Roseman, you say, you owe me $5, and you end up paying him 15 bucks. all right? I don't know how he does it. I don't know who he's talking to, what afterlife spirits he's summoning, but damn, I'll be honest, I'm happy for him. Because he can do just about anything he wants. We got Jordan Davis, who who I'll be honest, everyone said Jordan Davis hasn't done much. I've seen that big man lay down some people. He's not Jason Hargrave. He's not, he's not any of the big boys yet, but he'll get there. Oh, I know he sure as hell will. It's, it's going to be a hell of a defense going up a hell of an offense. And I think we all understand that, like, Hassan Reddick getting your quarterback is now bad. So I just hope Chiefs O-line is ready because uh, we're not going to just stand there like the Bengals. We're going to go from Patrick Mahomes, and we'll get a roughing the passer if it means it. I'm open for more questions. I'll just let you know. <laughs> oh, oh man, we love it. For what? What do you got over there for him? You know, man, I'm just I'm just pretty in awe, man, because this is exactly like why we do what we do with the pod, man. We love talking sports with fans, football with other football fans. We're all dead. We're all diehards, man. We all really love our team. We all have unique experiences with our fan base, right? Like yours goes back and, and kind of feels like it's involved in your city and in your family and stuff like that. Mine's like completely opposite. I remember being young watching a uh, – I, I just remember watching Warren Sapp destroy quarterbacks, and I was like, man, that is the coolest, nastiest guy I've ever seen, and I've been hooked ever since. You know, and, and Goggin, what's what's your uh, backstory with your Panthers? 
I, I can't believe I'm sharing this one. Yeah, so 03, the Carolina Panthers, Jake DeLome, Steve Smith. It just it was a team that didn't make sense, all right? I liked the uniforms, but more importantly, I liked the fact that Steve Smith was just a small receiver, and you couldn't stop the guy, right? And he was a, he was a, a down-the-field threat, and it didn't make sense to me because the corners were bigger than him, but they didn't have more heart than he did. Right. And I would say it ended in a heartbreak for me where it's the only time I've cried and uh, regarding a sporting event and Tom Brady dashed my hopes. Right. So that 03 Panthers team. But quite honestly, that's what it comes down to. Right. I think the NFC just plays different. There's more there's more heart. Right. Like, I don't know. I think the AFC's almost got like a like a level of elitism to the AFC teams. Right. Like the AFC quarterbacks. Right. Whereas NFC, there's more. Raw. The NFC didn't get the Peyton Mannings. They didn't get the Tom Brady's. They didn't get the. I mean, we got them now, but who cares? What's that worth? One. The AFC and the NFC always had this certain divide. The NFC was grounded. They were the heavy hitters. They were the. Oh boy. And sure, the AFC was always the. Wow. Put them on a pedestal. It's the beautiful team. It's the. It's the pretty boys. And and looking at the NFC, where you see all the heart, all these fans that are nuts, right? So they got the Bills mafia, they got this and that. But then you got Eagles fans who made Joey Bosa go insane. And I would go insane too if I was drinking Bud Light seltzer cherries. I don't know anyone that, that drinks those. Maybe he should get a check for CTE. It's not too late to not turn out like Gronkowski. But... I just got to say, NFC fans are different, all right? I have members of my family that are sadly Commanders fans, and they got it everywhere. And I remember a Thanksgiving 2015 or so. I'm in my Eagles jersey. They're in their Commanders jersey. And you can feel the tension in the room. It's always there. Because when sports brings up, uh, even if I was a kid, I was swinging out this and that. Because uh, I'll be honest, I love my birds. I have for many years, but I think what it really set in, as you guys were talking about, aside from with my family, was Shady McCoy. Shady McCoy and Mike Vick. Those were my two guys. Those were the two that I said, this is the best. I, I grew up. Sure, I grew up for a bit with the Andy Reid stuff. I don't remember it that much. I was a kid. But I got to see Mike Vick and Shady McCoy. I got to see Nick Foles. I got to see, for a minute, Tim Tebow. I don't know why we had him. I got to see the Sam Bradford. I got to see everything, good and bad. And yet I still sat there. I still sat in my kid's Westbrook jersey. I still sat in the Dawkins jerseys. I sat in everything. And I sat through and I gritted my teeth and I said, one day. It'll happen. And it did. And it happened with a team that was perfect. Sure, they didn't, they went, they didn't have the undefeated season. But who cares? For some reason, Carson Wentz took us there. And now that didn't turn out well for us. Sure, it didn't turn out well for the commanders or the Colts either. But sometimes you have to live with your mistakes. At the time, he was pretty damn good. Agreed. What's for? Uh, I'm gonna just interject real quick. And You're good. 
<laughs> you know how it is. I had to beat you to the button. Uh, <laughs> Bofa, will you let him know about our Brock Purdy post on TikTok and how it started going off? But then the you know morning came on the uh, on the East Coast time zone and what happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will absolutely say I just wanted to tell him too, man. And Goggin, you're going to back me up on this too. That's actually one of our favorite football seasons, man. Like that two years where I remember the Eagles, man, that season they had with Vic. I still remember that was one of my favorite games. I remember the Monday nighter that he had. I believe it was against the commanders at the time. Like, my goodness, man, he absolutely lit them up. I think it was like 20 something, 30, 30 points in the first half or something. And man, you guys did the dream team the following year. Like, I remember Vince Young. I remember all that, man. And honestly, one of my favorite players in football at the time was Navi Asamoah, a guy that doesn't get enough love, didn't work out with y'all, but was one of the nastiest corners in football. And I just absolutely love that roster, man. So I have to give you praise. That's very good football memories for me as well. Uh, Not so much with my Buccaneers at the time because they were god-awful, but you can still appreciate the sport. Uh, Yeah, so our Brock Purdy video, man, uh, I had the Niners. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm absolutely eating my words on these Eagles this year. And uh, pretty much we went pretty viral on TikTok, man, because I just had some terrible takes on the 49ers, man. I was saying they were going to stomp the floor with the Eagles. But lo and behold, man, you guys absolutely are the better team. Nobody was surprised about it but me, apparently. I just got to give you a bunch of praise, man. Your guys' fans represent very, very well. You guys are a passionate fan base. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for you guys, man. I, I can't. I, it's been five years too long. I think after the double doink, we should have got it together. We maybe should have put Foles in because Foles still had the magic touch. But things were things are looking up now. Jalen Hurts is the quarterback. He's him, as everyone's been saying. He doesn't need a league MVP. He needs a Lombardi trophy. Nick Sirianni doesn't need to be called the best head coach. He just needs to prove it. And there's no better way to than to stick two rings up on two middle fingers to every other team out there that says, oh, well, you only got one. Oh, here's the second one. And after that, we'll go for three. We'll go for four. Even if it takes us another five years, we'll get there. We will do it, not just for Philly, but to shut everyone up that had to put their big nose and stick it up right at our team, right at our Eagles. Yeah, what's the pulse around uh, Coach Sirianni, right? Like, was it always uh, welcoming him with open arms, or do you think it was really this year? It was last year he had his moments. He did. This year he improved. He showed everyone. Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen. That combination, those three heads formed a hell of a hydra. And that monster, it proved to everyone without a shadow of a doubt that it was scary. And to other teams, it would take you out. It would it would own you in the D-line. It would owe you in the O-line. There is no better way to describe this year's Eagles in my personal opinion, then, a quote from the man himself, Jalen Hurts. We don't control the temperature of the room. We're the thermostat. We're the thermometer. You know, I, I absolutely love it, man. And shout out to Gannon and Steichen because they're absolutely monsters this year on both. Like, 
offensive and defensive coordinating this year has just been absolutely amazing for you guys. And I'm going to throw something out here, man. I'm not trying to speak too early, but there might be a chance you actually end up keeping the crew together, man. I mean, look, all these coaching positions are getting filled with probably less deserving candidates. I mean, these guys have been absolutely two of the best assistant coaches this season. Uh, is that is that kind of the low-key hope, the longer? I mean, obviously, you guys are in the Super Bowl, so you guys got them for 13 more days. Is that uh, the hope to keep the band together? Hey, even if we can't, I'm sure there's more talent in the world that can do it. I'd love the 2017 team. I did. And if Jason Kelsey needs to retire, Lane, Lane Johnson needs to, there is people that will step up. There is rookies out there that will. I'm going to say this right now. If we lose some people, it don't matter. We'll figure a way to fit them in and adjust. Our team can adjust. We tried to adjust with Minshew, and that proves the quarterback situation only one way. Jalen Hurts did not just carry this team. Lane Johnson did too. Our defense did. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Reed Blankenship, either one you throw in, they're pretty versatile. But at the same time, you need the experience of a Gardner-Johnson. You need that defensive mind out there like John Gannon. All right. You can't throw – I know that there's some coaches like Sean Payton going to the Broncos, which, by the way, with uh, Russell Wilson, that might be another million-dollar bust. So who knows? Who knows what will happen? But I can just say the future is bright for the birds. Jalen is going to prove it. We're not going to get all these Dak Prescott-esque teams. All right. Because we don't need a fat Ezekiel Elliott getting laid out like the Whopper Whopper that Brett Meyer is going to be serving at Burger King. His next job because that guy couldn't kick a soccer ball if the net was in front of him. All right. That was beautiful. I, I just got to mention, too, where truly there's just something different. I think the Philadelphia Eagles fans, they they are different, right? And and also for the listeners at home or who listen tomorrow on Spotify, Apple, Google, or any other podcasting platform, it's what, 1230 out on the East Coast, right? It's past midnight. Yep. Past midnight, and you're here talking Eagles football and educating us out on the West Coast. I do it any time of day, any light. You know, I get home from work late. I come out here. I talk about my birds. I talk to anyone about it. I don't really mind. I've had some. I've been in spaces with Niners fans, dirty Dallas fans that yelled at me saying my team's not going to go anywhere. That Daniel Jones has the same stats as Jalen Hurts, and look how that turned out. I I don't need to do that much talking for my team, but I'll still do it happily because they prove it without a shadow of a doubt. Every time they go on that field, even when they stumble, they still look pretty goddamn good. I'm just sorry. I don't want the dead air. So, oh, you're good. You're good. I just thought no. Fofo was gonna say something. Fofo might not be there, but no, man. I mean, ultimately, I gotta say, oh, were you there? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I actually started talking. Didn't realize I was still muted. I was so passionate. I was so fired up over this talk, man. I was all I was saying was completely agree with you, man. On the uh, like, like the defending your fan. You know, you're, you're you you don't need to defend your Eagles. I mean, they're putting it out there on the field, but you're still doing it because you're passionate, and that's what we appreciate, man. Like, you know, man, shoot. 
it's funny because I, you know, as I've told, as I've said, I'm I'm a Bucks fan. I went through you know a decade of missing the playoffs throughout. You know, I'm a twenty, I'm 27. I mean, I didn't see a playoff game from the time that I was shoot the time that I was. 10 years old on you know so it's pretty crazy when you have that and you finally get it and you know you guys have had a lot more success but the only reason i bring that up is it's just the passion that football fan bases and football brings to people and it's such a good feeling man when your team is is doing making right decisions and just improving and just looking fantastic out there so once again congratulations man thank you guys i mean thank you i'm probably gonna be heading to bed soon because i am tired i work the 12 hour shift you know i'm in 12 a.m i leave 12 p.m it's the same shiz yeah hey you you work and then you get on you sit down your couch on saturday you watch the two manning brothers which hey i'll be honest the two best brothers are going to the super bowl the kelsey's travis kelsey's a great tight end but i don't know eagles defense might have something to say about that they might take him to a new heights. Well, it's great that you mentioned that. The Eagles are actually a top five defense against the tight end position as well, which is also why I love my Eagles pick even more. It's a great take. It's a great take. Man, look, we absolutely appreciate having you on, man. We do go live on Twitter spaces. We all uh, the Daily Football Report podcast, which is what this is filmed for, man. Uh, feel free to check us out. We're definitely going to be uploading this uh, here tonight. But we just wanted to thank you, man. This is like we have fan engagement on every Twitter Spaces episode that we do. Uh, and we do it for this reason, because we've had some of our best talks, best representation of fan bases out there. And it's honestly just awesome to see. So uh, shout out to Philadelphia, man. You've got me rooting for the Eagles all of a sudden, man. I'm fired up. I'm ready to put some... Uh, I'm ready to put some Kelly Green on, man. I'm ready to run through a wall, man. As long as it's not the cream soda, creamsicle shirt from the Bucks, you know, I think you should be uh, You know, I think that, I thought that was a nice color, but nothing compares to the Kelly Green, the Midnight Green, the black, and the white. And uh, I love it, man. I love it. That, it it's a, it, you guys got a sick colorway. I'll leave it I'll leave it there. I love my uh, my creamsicles, man, but I definitely nothing touches that Kelly Green there. Uh, but yeah, Goggin, do you uh, do you have anything else you want to uh, uh, say on here? Yeah, I think first off, a score prediction for the game, and then second off, we're gonna do a lot of deep dives into the off season. All right, so we would love for you to help us out on our Philadelphia Eagles uh, deep dive. I'd be happy to. Uh, I'd be happy to. By the way, since I know these are going to be clipped, let me just say, if you don't catch me around, then uh, my score prediction is going to be in the high scoring because, see, the last time Eagles went to the Super Bowl, it got pretty down and dirty, and that was against good old Tom Brady, who I may say, he said a lot of nice things about many quarterbacks. Nick Foles sure as hell ain't one of them, and that's for a reason. But I can tell you, I believe this game will come down to a kick at the end, Jake Elliott, maybe a 59-yard field goal. And uh, we're going to say 42-33. Nah, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I believe my Eagles are going to outscore these boys. I believe it might go 30-17. It might go something dirty. It might get down in the trenches, but the Eagles are going to pull it out and show them in the second half who's the boss. The Eagles, they were going to be the first to score. And I'm sure that Kansas City will be right behind them. But in the end, it's about who can last longer. It's not about who punches first. It's about how hard they take the hit and keep on going, baby. That's Rocky right there. 
if you can't catch me around on one of these spaces, I'm either in jail for climbing poles and elbow dropping someone off the top, or uh, I'm busy working my butt off so I can pay for more Eagles jerseys and more beer. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, man. You got me hyped up, man. I don't know how we're going to go to sleep tonight, Fofo. I don't know, man. I'm ready to jump off the top rope too, man. I you know, I'm a wrestling fan, so I'm appreciating all these wrestling references, man. And I'm ready to grease up the pole and jump off there with you, man. So fantastic, fantastic take. We got, what, 13 days, you know, and for you, we got 12 days. We're ready, man. We're getting ready. This is going to be a good – we're going to have coverage every day, man. If you ever see us on, feel free to hop in, man. You're an absolutely great discussion. And uh, any takes you have, any news that breaks, even if it's not Philly-related, man, you want to give a take, man, you have a uh, – unconditioned welcome can come on anytime you want man thanks i appreciate that you guys have a great one i'll be around and you'll never know when i'll pop up so keep your eyes <laughs> hey we love it we love it sir thank you very much that was power within appreciate it <laughs> well man i there's nothing there that's going to top what we just heard i think that's fair to say i'm 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 bleeding some kelly green right now man what about you oh man that got me hyped up, man. It's it's 70 degrees. It's hot out here in Honolulu, man. But I'm not going to lie. I had some goosebumps, man. That was awesome. Brother, I felt like I was about to start talking with an accent, you know, mid-talking mid with the man. I felt a little more Philadelphian as of today, man. I'm, I'm amped up. That was fantastic. And quite honestly, I think that is one of the prime examples of why Philadelphia fans are hated because that's the level of passion. That's the level of commitment, right? We had someone, a diehard Eagles fan, join us around midnight his time just to educate us and help us out, right? Imagine, you know, Goggin, we're both NFC South teams. You know, I know deep down you're still a Panthers fan at heart. You know, I'm a Bucks fan. I have to say, it's funny because I'm sitting here thinking, man, imagine if in our division we had a team with that passionate fan base, how much it would bug us in the sense of, man – we know our fan bases aren't very good, but we know the alternative is what? Falcons and, and Saints fans? All right, we can sleep at night. That's not a lot. But, dude, come on. Eagles fans, if you had that passion, that knowledge, that energy coming at you every, every twice a year, sometimes three if you play them in the playoffs, that's that's just a lot, man. That's, that's rare energy, man. And I'm glad to see. I'm glad to see it, man. I, I'm very hyped up for these Eagles. I completely agree, man. I mean, I, I feel like uh, he may have switched you, man, to maybe picking the Eagles as well, right? So we'll see how that changes. But I'm right there with you, where I think that's the best way to end the episode tonight. You know, man, I, I think you're 100% right. I think it's a good way to end it. End it on a little uh, fly, Eagles fly.